grateful to have Ray Haynes here in the studio. We're talking about uh, facing the Giants, the I Spy edition, and mentioned a couple of times that today is the day, 3,500 years ago, they sent out the spies, and I was just uh, scrolling around a moment ago, getting things sorted, and I realized that uh, today is also the day that John Wesley was born. Which is amazing, because if you want to list guys who did not back down from the Giants... That's Wesley one is one of them. We were blessed because we t- we had our uh, honeymoon over on St. Simon's, and you have Wesley's Church over in that region, and mm. so you, we remember going there and go to the cemetery a couple of times because it's a fascinating place, and where he walked and kind of wrote sermons and thought, and and uh, it's just amazing, you know, that yeah. on this day when some men were hearts were shrinking. God raised up a man whose heart was not going to shrink ever. Not going to shrink ever. He was very bold. Uh, revival movement out of that man and his travels and everything else. And we're getting ready to talk about uh, what is in a name anyway. It is. Uh, so no, it's that's interesting. Good, also, yeah. you said uh, the the judge, Amy. Amy Coney Bryant? Bryant was born just six days after Roe v. Wade was decided. So I guess both of those together just make me think, you know, it's interesting how, regardless how you look through time, but mm-hmm. God looks at these times and he's always, he's always there. We don't always see him there. Right. But he's there and he's already working. And I, I, I have got to see that with my own eyes so many times here at Victory in these last 30, going on 32 years mm-hmm. for me, how he has provided over and over. In fact, I want to thank Julie, who... Another one from Gainesville. Yeah. I guess Gainesville is the only one listening today. Uh, Julie, <laughs> who called in $100 and uh, added to that, we uh, have been going on sharing that as I'm here for teaching, we're also here to let you know that we still have a financial need and uh, we need your support. And I do mean we need. Uh, 770-781-9150. Kelly and Brian are both here. They'll take phone calls. And, uh, of course, if you want things easier, you could go, uh, or I shouldn't say easier. It's more fun to talk to people. But if you want to just use the uh, Internet, it's uh, victory.radio. Now, we're talking about giants, obviously. And now sometimes the giants, some things change. You know, in the New Testament, you don't see giants anymore. But you do see the uh, the same demonic forces that were in those giants, they didn't leave. Because we said very clearly, Jesus did, that you know, they take a permanent residence. And so, you know, when a host dies or is gone, they find a new host. And so we're looking at the story of Jesus and the demoniac just across from uh, from uh, Tiberius or Gadarenes, got several names, but in the Decapolis, he's talking with this demon and, you know, the spies that had refused to go in, I mean, the people who refused to go in and sent the spies, uh, it was the exact same reason that they wouldn't go in the promised land in 40 days either when the spies came back. So we're talking about facing our giants, not being afraid of them or running away from them, but actually facing them. We're talking about this demonized man who answered the question of, what is your name? Like, if I ask you, Quincy, what is your name? You told me, um, you know, um, a large crowd, because we're many. I'd go, what? (laughs) What question are you answering? (laughs) You know, um, which is definitely not a name. Uh, Legion, for we are many. Jesus named him when he he made him. Jesus made him. That man. And all the strong men, the demons that were in him, he made all of them when they were angels. And we know he named all the stars. We know he named all the angels. So he named him. So he knows his name. 
and all the thousands of other names of the demons inside of him. So we, we know a legion's about 7,000 warriors at the time. That's the size of a Roman legion was. So this really stands out because the guy answers the question on legion. So there's 7,000 demons in this guy. That's a lot of demons in anybody. It's no wonder he's breaking chains and cutting himself and screaming. But it's definitely not an answer to the question, what is your name? It's not the name that God gave the strong man or any of the demons at creation. It was not his name. It's not the answer. In heaven, your name really is who you are. And it was Jesus who had created these angels and named them before the fall. So he already knew what he named them. So I have to ask the question. I don't come in and ever go, oh, hi, what's your name? I know your name, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe Q, maybe Quincy. We don't know. But <laughs> I, Same know, thing. I know the name, right? You would think me a little odd if every time I saw you, I came in and said, hey, what's your name? Uh, do you think, well, you're getting older and, well, okay. <laughs> We'd have to have other conversations. Yes, we yes. would. So why did Jesus ask the question? That's a crazy question. So think about it for just a second. I think there's a subtle war taking place that we miss in the story. I think Jesus is making a very profound point, a little funny, a little bravado. See, these fallen angels no longer had names, and that's the point. Their names were taken from them when they fell and were Mm. cast to earth. Their only identity lay in what they had done. See, the strong man who's speaking for the rest of the demons responds as best as he can to an impossible question. Uh, Legion for weird many. Keep in mind, Yeshua, Jesus, is the commander of the armies of Jehovah. He oversees Michael, who casts to the earth the dragon as angels with him. So these demons are one of the former heavenly legions that Jesus cast down. And they remain together, amazingly, 4,000 years through countless hosts, through countless giants and everyone else. They're still together. They had no names, and what's left of their identity was this foggy shadow of war. They were angels, or malach ambassadors sent to do the will of the living God, Jehovah. But they stopped being sent. They stopped representing God. They stopped doing his will. They sought his throne, which they never could have taken or have been able to function on. That was a stupid thing to do. Mm. When he cast them down, by default, their purpose, their names, fell away too. So now they were, instead of living out the calling God had for them, they were fighting to defend a lie that they now believed, which literally had killed them spiritually, stole their purpose, and destroyed their eternity. When one-third of the angels were cast out of heaven, it appears that they lost their names when they lost their station, their destiny, and their purpose. Mm-hmm. So recently, as I was studying the Hebrew word, uh, Satan, or Satan, which is almost always capitalized in our English language Bibles, I asked myself, should it be? Are we restoring something God removed? We see Jesus talking all the time and can't calling out the name of Satan. We see it throughout the Old Testament. But, of course, in our English Bibles, it's capitalized. I had the question, I wonder, is, is that right? Mm. Well, we've come to think of the devil as named Lucifer, right? Right. Based mostly on Jerome's late 4th century Latin Vulgate translation, uh, specifically of Isaiah 14, 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of morning. That's how he translates it. The phrase is Hillel ben Shahar, and but he uses the uncapitalized word Lucifer when he translated. It means, that word, the Hillel, means the morning star. The planet Venus in its morning aspect, shining one or light bringing. 
It's not capitalized in the Vulgate, but since it was the f- name of a planet and therefore it's a proper noun, it's capitalized in English as Lucifer. So generations think of Lucifer as his name, but of course it's not his name. It's not even close. So this one called Hillel, if you notice these angels before had El as part of their name because it's part of the name of God. He was created by God to be one of the highest order of angelic beings, a cherub. Mm-hmm. Now, Ezekiel described these cherubs as having two pairs of wings, four faces. They're associated with covering and worshiping Jehovah. Now, Ezekiel 28, 14 tells us that prior to his rebellion, Hillel was the anointed cherub that covers. That phrase describes angels with outstretched wings protecting. Have you ever seen like a Roman shield wall? Mm-hmm. It's, it's called the, the tortoise defense because it looks like a turtle shell. You're, you're all covered <laughs> up. And that's kind of the idea with this cherub, what this is. Ezekiel 28, 21 says, Son of man, set your face against Sidon and prophesy against her. That's the scripture that this is coming from. So they're definitely talking to a human being, a king or former king, a son of Canaan. <laughs> so it's in this land again. This fallen one, Sidon was the firstborn of Cain. In fact, under another reminder that the source of all this evil was Ham and Canaan. Cherubim were the guardians of Eden with flaming swords. That's where you see them first. They surround God's throne and were positioned on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant with wings that stretched over and covered the mercy seat. They were close to the throne of God, yet that honored station did not satisfy Hillel. He desired much more. He wanted to be equal with his creator. The book of Job is the first to use the word Satan, which our English translations capitalize as Satan. Same word. Except it's capitalized. It's a name. But in the Bible, it's not a name. That's the difference. In Hebrew Bible, I should say. The word is a transliteration of the Hebrew Satan, which is the word for adversary. Mm-hmm. One who withstands and accuses. So it's really more of an epithet, not a personal name. We've kind of got that wrong, but Again, it's written in Hebrew as a Satan or the Satan because the word Satan is also used when God becomes an adversary. When a man, like David, or a group of men become an adversary, it's used of all of them. So I just can't ask the question. It's not some exclusive title of a fallen cherub or fallen angels in general. It's specifically talking about these ones that are opposing the group, not really the one. The Greek word for Satan is diabolus, also meaning false accuser or slander. It's translated in English as devil. And ironically, most translations, if you read, you'll notice they don't capitalize devil, but they do capitalize Satan. Same word, same exact word translated. We can call him Satan or devil with capital letters. It's his name, as if it's his name, which is correct English grammar. But why give him a proper name if the point is when these angels fell, including their leader, why give back something that God took away? Right. Why Why do that? Zechariah 3 says this, Then he showed me Yahushua, the high priest. Now, this is literally a high priest, a person, standing before the angel of Yehovah and Satan, standing at his right hand to oppose him. Now, we capitalize the S there, but Hebrew doesn't. And Yehovah said to Satan, again, small s in their Bible, Yehovah rebuke you, Satan. Yehovah, who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? So I just think, going back to Hebrew, he deserves a lower S on Satan, not a capital. 
only Yeshua, Jesus, humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name above all names, that is the name of Jesus or Yeshua. Every name should bow in heaven and on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's the name that deserves a capital letter. Of course, in Hebrew, you don't have capital letters, but nonetheless, point being, you know, I think there's something as we stand here looking at this land of the giants and facing the giants and dealing with them, what we're dealing with is demons. We're mm-hmm. dealing with demonic powers that terrorize. And I, we have to deal with this as Christians on a daily basis. And I, I find that scripture, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, or Jehovah rebuke you, Satan, or Yeshua rebuke you, Satan. And realizing who he, what we're dealing with is not the one, but rather the larger crowd, I think it's an important 